Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're in the doghouse, a special December edition of our show here on the Believe Podcast Network. It's a special and a sad and a hopeful edition, all of that bundled up into one, which really summarizes the situation for the doghouse, for Bulldog Country, for Mississippi State, all college sports in a way, too, after the events of this past week. I'm your host, David Murray, of the doghouse. And if I sound a little bit deflated, well, who isn't in Bulldog Country these days? The tragic passing of Coach Mike Leach, by any measure premature, although that's uh, me speaking for the Almighty, who is in charge of all our days, as the book says. But as far as we're concerned here, as far as college sports is concerned, it's premature because the most interesting man in the business has left us. Godspeed to him. God's blessings on wife Sharon and the children and the grandchildren and all who counted him as dear friends. I will not number myself in that group because I had so little chance to interact with him other than professionally. But I will say this, even in those brief meetings, nobody who ever came in contact with Mike Leach left unchanged. And I referred to him as interesting, and that's because the man was interested. As I said yesterday on SEC Radio with Dari Noka and Aaron Murray, it's because he was interested in not just everything, but he was interested in people. And even if sometimes he didn't suffer fools gladly and got a little sarcastic, it's only because that's what they deserved as a response. But he had an answer. All right, I'm not going to go too deeply into the life and times of Mike Leach. That's been written so many times this week. People who knew him closely have weighed in. Media who covered him much more than I had a chance to have posted their retrospectives, their memorials. Mississippi State will have its own memorial service this coming Tuesday, 1 o'clock at Humphrey Coliseum, and it is open to the public. Do keep in mind, of course, the ongoing construction and renovation of Humphrey Coliseum will make parking a little difficult, but with school out, you should be able to find a way in to come pay your respects to this man who spent three seasons, just under three years, changing Bulldog football. Did he change it for the better? I believe so. Of course, only time will prove one way or the other. But he ended on a strong point. I don't want to take too much advantage of the rivalry aspect, but the fact that he won his final game as a college football coach, never mind final game as Mississippi State coach, defeating Ole Miss in the Egg Bowl to get the Bulldogs back into the rankings to earn them a good bowl bid. He certainly would have taken pleasure in that. And I honestly believe, too, his last act at Mississippi State was coaching a practice. The first practice of this Rely Quest Bowl camp, it was this past Saturday. It was closed to media, so no access, but he was doing that, and he attended a party with friends that night. But I, I really have to believe that if he could have chosen a way to go, his last act would have been doing what he really got into this sport to do, coach football. Not even a game or a game week, but just a plain practice. The opening practice of bowl camp, yes, but a reintroduction to the team, a refresher after being off a couple of weeks, a chance to start teaching football all over again. Because that's what he was about. A most remarkable human being, a man who never played major football himself, who almost, as I described him, became an accidental coach. And while the 
the absolute restrictions for the official College Football Hall of Fame require a certain winning percentage, which he is just barely short up percentage-wise. There is no doubt in anyone's mind Mike Leach belongs in the Hall of Fame for college football. Unofficial, official, it doesn't matter. He is Hall of Fame because his imprint on the sport is still going on and will be felt for many, many, many years, perhaps forever, because, no, he didn't invent the air raid, but he developed it. And he did so to a point at various places that now the influence of the air raid is seen in everything. And unless you go out and find a true triple option coach out there, ironically, of course, he based the air raid on Emory Ballard's wishbone. Look at the Mississippi State connection from that angle, because I worked with both of them, Emory Ballard and Mike Leach kind of bracketing my own career. Anyway, unless you go true triple option, you're not going to find an offense out there that does not show air raid elements to varying degrees. And of course, we will talk more about what Mississippi State does as far as replacing the leadership on the offense with Leach's departure and now Zach Arnett taking over as the head coach, which we're getting into in just a moment as well. Yeah, if I keep going down this line, I'm going to say too much about Mike Leach. And frankly, I could never say enough, but I want to make it right. So just read what we've put on Gene's page 24-7. Read it, savor it, file it away, bring it back. Someday, in fact, I'm going to call up a hiring story. I wrote about him for Alumnus Magazine, which never got used because COVID interrupted. I kept the story, and I kept it on file. I'm glad I did, and I'll republish it at some time this coming week. As filler. Meanwhile, the Bulldogs are practicing Friday, 1 o'clock. It was moved up from 3 o'clock originally. Now, keep in mind, the Bulldogs practiced Saturday and Sunday. Leach was not there on Sunday, of course. They were off Monday through Thursday as planned already. And talk about remarkable coincidence for the Bulldogs because it would have been impossible to hold practices under those circumstances. They resume work today. They will be given a revised practice schedule for campus camp here next coming days around the memorial on Tuesday, and then be reporting to Tampa. Date and time to be set. We don't know about media access to practices. We don't know when we'll get a chance to talk to Coach Zach Arnett. That should be at the latest come next signing day on Wednesday. Just stay in tune on Gene's page 24-7, and we'll keep you updated here as well in the doghouse. First, let's take care of some business, because Mike Leach was also all about taking care of business. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup information, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, mixed martial arts, tennis, boxing, even golf. Head to betonline.ag, capital B-O-L, dot A-G, to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BLEAV, all caps, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. Well, the game is over for Mike Leach. He, as the billboards Mississippi State has put around the region say, he swung his sword for the last time. I'm not going to get too deep into the pirate metaphors or all sorts of things. I had somewhat rueful pleasure writing my final column on the subject about what I think would have happened had he remained with us. Maybe he would have finally gotten out of football and gone into business somewhere, perhaps even gone into politics. 
We'll never know now. The world is a poorer place for it, and in sports we definitely will never see his like again. But his team has another game to play. The Reliquist Bowl, January 2nd in Tampa. Zach Arnett is now in overall charge. We'll be finding out what he's going to do with the offensive staff. I strongly suspect, of course, and I'm sure 99% of y'all could come up with the same conclusion, that Coach Steve Spurrier will be more or less the nominal offensive coordinator, if you want to use that term, with Drew Hollingshead, uh, the other receiver coach working closely with Earl Rogers, And that's not anything new because before his promotion this past season, Hollingshead was working with Rodgers as a quality analyst for the offensive team as well. So, frankly, I honestly believe at this point this team could just about coach itself. Of course, all the coaching staff will be doing the game planning, the scouting, the preparation. But once they get into the game, I think these Bulldogs are fully capable of taking care of business on their own with the training they had from Leach and staff all during this past regular season. Still, the coaches have work to do, led off by recruiting. This coming Wednesday, the first of the NCAA early signing period, and the first day is when 99% of the business is done. Mississippi State, the class is holding together as best we can tell. And, of course, Chris Parson, the top quarterback recruit in the class, and many others are putting out pleas to their fellow commitments. Stay the course. Honor Coach Mike Leach. Be faithful to this school and this staff, which has courted you, and continuing to, because that's another reason that practice has been delayed a couple of days. They wanted to get out and do as much recruiting as they could ahead of this coming weekend. Just a lot to take care of. Has anything drastically changed? Well, not so far, as best we can tell. The commitments do seem to be holding, as I said. Uh, The staff is staying in constant contact. You see the social media post of visits in the homes and of players saying they're committed, they're staying with it. I know a lot can change as this shock still ripples through, and I will not second-guess any player, any player, who decides that maybe I want to hold off until February and decide to see what this staff is going to look like, particularly at my own position. Do not, please, as a fan, do not criticize any of these prospects, whether it's a high school, senior, are a FBS level transfer for holding because there are so many uncertainties in this. But what is certain is that Zach Arnett's in charge. He's loved by his current team, not just his defense. The offense has a real appreciation for Zach Arnett as well. And I think Mississippi State's going to be in good shape in that regard. Oh, and by the way, so far, there's only been one portal entry, and that's uh, safety, you know, ironically enough, of the position that Arnett coaches. Dylan Lawrence, no surprise there, he was actually expected all along to enter. So State is only losing so far three what you would call starters off this past team to the transfer portal, all taking place before the passing of Coach Leach. And as far as damaging the class, well, no. State picked up a pair of cornerback transfers already. The defense is doing work replacing Emmanuel Forbes and filling in some depth for those positions because State will stay with the 3-3-5 defense, as you can tell. And that's got to be good news on that. We expect more news from the cornerbacks, uh, not cornerbacks, the transfer portal as well in coming days. Uh, Stay on to Gene's page where Paul, Steve are staying on the job with the recruiting because that takes over their priorities right now. Let's talk about Zach Arnett some. Mississippi State really, really, really wanted to keep Zach Arnett around. I know that there are some media out there saying, well, this was already planned and in the works. No, it wasn't. Quit assuming out there. 
this is being said by people not even associated with Mississippi State, obviously, who just look at the quick, very quick in their eye, promotion of a new head coach and just make the assumption that he was, quote, coach in waiting. Uh Uh-uh. Oh, he was a head coach in waiting. That doesn't mean it was anything official here. But Mississippi State absolutely wanted to keep him around, if not to become head coach, certainly to be defensive coordinator for a little longer with the idea that maybe, if anything happened, that Leach decided he was tired of coaching football or wanted to try something else, then here's Zach Arnett ready to go. And nobody will truly know the internal workings until Dr. Mark Keenum and others come out and comment, if they ever do in this regard. But I want you to think, folks, Remember how after that very first season, even though State only went 4-7 and seven with the bowl win, and he, yes, he inherited a, a pretty veteran group of defensive players and had a good year, there were two schools that came after Zach Garnett very hard, LSU among others, some even making offers, some doing interviews with him, many more contacting him. He stayed. Then he also stayed through the 2021 season as well, and this past summer, Mississippi State did the unprecedented. They gave him a three-year contract. That's never been done for any assistant coach. Uh, It's been very, very rare just to have a two-year contract for an assistant coach. But he got a three-year and at $1.2 million with built-in raises. That's a measure of just how much Mississippi State was willing to commit to Zach Arnett as a coordinator. Well, now he's going to be making more with a bigger job. He got the standard four-year contract allowed by the state of Mississippi. And yes, there are ways to work around that and get an extra year through boosters that the state of Mississippi is not obligated to. With a $3 million per year base salary and performance incentives as well, and I guarantee you, incentive is something that Zach Garnett will never be short on. 37 years old, he came to state after nine seasons at San Diego State. Uh, two of them is defensive coordinator for the guru of defense, Rocky Long. You know, we commented at the time when he was hired that if you look there and go unwind the roots, you'll see the Jolie Dunn influence through that coaching three from Long to Arnett. Well, it certainly showed since he showed up in Starkville. I don't know if uh, Jolie would have been a total fan of a three-three-five set, but his schemes were pretty similar when he had the athletes to work it with. He liked that odd front. He liked aggression off the sides. He maybe used his safeties a little more aggressively against the run than did Arnett, but I think that's more a reflection of how offensive has changed than any sort of schematic change. Oh, and another point I found out when doing some research, every team that Zach Arnett has coached on, whether a graduate assistant and now to head coach, has gone bowling. Run that through your head a little bit. Yes, it's just two schools. But still, he's used to this postseason grind, so putting together a bowl camp plan will not be a challenge for him or this staff as well. I find it interesting that he will take over for 2023. Do you know when the last time Mississippi State promoted from within for a head coach? 1973. Yep, 50 years ago. And that was Bob Tyler, who was brought in by Charlie Shira. You never called it coaching waiting back then, but it was pretty well understood that Coach Shira was going to give up his coaching duties and concentrate full-time on athletic director, which he did, and Bob Tyler would succeed him as head coach, which he did. By no coincidence, that is the start of what certainly I and many others will call the modern era of Bulldog football. It began with Bob Tyler taking over at 73. Here, 50 years later, we're entering another new era for Mississippi State football, a more modernized era, because whatever happens with the coaching hires, whether he stays with the current staff or, as we expect, 
brings in another offensive coordinator. Mississippi State is going to adapt from the pure air raid to a different type of offense, not radically different. Again, every offense out there worth noting has air raid elements to it, but I certainly believe whoever Arnett selects and whatever staff retains, you're going to see this offense flex its muscles a little bit more in the ground game while keeping the air option dominant simply because that is where all college football offense and certainly the National Football League offense has gone. But he's also the first defensive coordinator to become a head coach at Mississippi State since Jackie Sherrill. Yes, I understand. Jackie was a head coach at Pitt and Texas A&M, then out of the game a couple of years. So he, he hadn't been a D.C. for a long time when he did come to Startville in the winter of 1990. But his background, and yes, he was a fullback in college, but he also played a little linebacker. His background was defensive, and it showed in his games. So you think about it. Every coach, Mississippi State, has made head coach since then. Uh, Sylvester Croom with his West Coast offense, Dan Mullen with his spread, Joe Moorhead with his own variations of the spread for the power RPO offense, and of course Mike Leach with the utterly different air raid. Now State's going back to a defensive guy, but I think a defensive guy who appreciates that you got to score points. And I don't just mean a few points. This is This is not a defensive coordinator who will think that offensive coaches just get in the way, caught up in their own brilliance. And believe me, I've known quite a few defensive coaches over the years who weren't shy about expressing that opinion. No, Zach Arnett appreciates points because points makes it ever so much easier to play defense, particularly if you get a lead. That's why I'm also fascinated to be at the ReliQuest Bowl because you're facing an Illinois team that's built around defense, then some offense, I want to see how he has his offensive side attacking the Illini, which is a very good defensive team in their own league, even if they didn't play what you'd call a particularly intimidating bunch of offenses over in the Big Ten West. So if they get out there, I think we might start seeing some clues to how he wants to go offensively once you get into spring training. No, I don't expect to have an offensive coordinator on the team until after the bowl game. Now, he may find his guy, but I just cannot see... I could be wrong, but I cannot see Arnett shaking things up with this team, particularly in its fragile position, and bringing in anything really new. And I think familiarity is the certainly the way to go as they recover from the emotional shock. And you just know, particularly on the offensive side, but even the defense and specialist will still be looking over their shoulder at times thinking, well, where's Coach Leach? And then reminding himself of why he's not there. That's just the nature of it, and that's the impact the man had on his team because they truly loved him. Even the guys who transferred, yes, there was a little dust-up with Dylan Johnson, who let his emotions get a little bit the better of him, but he certainly came back and was an honorable soul after the passing of his coach and did very well on social media. So we certainly wish Dylan Johnson well wherever he ends up at. They loved Mike Leach. They love Zach Arnett, but in a different way, because I expect Coach Arnett to really drop the hammer in some ways because he won't just turn one sole side of the team over to somebody else. He's going to be involved as a full coach, which means, of course, he'll be hiring a defensive coordinator to work under him as he expands his own repertoire to be everything a head coach has to be, including dealing with the media. I've enjoyed talking with him over these three seasons in post-game pressers or midweek press conferences after practices. And uh, Steve Robertson and I had a memorable post session one time just chatting with him about southern rock well he won me over that day automatically being what i am 
So he's a fun guy, but he's an intense guy. As I said on the radio show yesterday for um, on SiriusXM, I think the only people that uh, didn't enjoy having Zach Garnett around were SEC side judges. They're probably the most relieved that now he's going to be a head coach and not running out there after him. I also wonder, he had one get-back coach this past year after the Arizona game and others try to keep him on the sideline and off the field of play because he got so wrapped up in things. It may take two now that he's a head coach, but that's one thing. I'm fully confident that Coach Arnett will learn the maturity to stand back and pick his spots with officials. And, oh, I'm not telling any tales out of school, but Mike Leach was also a master of lighting in to SEC officials. Uh, Particularly, I think, the Texas A&M game is really memorable because he was jumping on there for some calls, accusing every single one of them of being from the state of Texas. Things like that. So, uh, yeah, he may have looked like uh, the vague, uninvolved uncle on the sideline games. Don't you ever believe that about Mike Leach. But Zach Arnett, he wears it on both sleeves. So this is going to be fascinating to watch him make the transition from volatile coordinator to in-control head coach. Oh, he will. I'm confident about that. Can you tell I like the hire? Timing, absolutely timing, had something to do with it. The state needed to hold this recruiting class together. Now, you don't make a fast hire just for recruiting class, even though in this portal era, it's not nearly as quick to rebuild as you think it would be. If At a Mississippi State in particular, if you lose your high school core, you're setting yourself back two or three years down the line because you can't just plug in completely transfers without digging yourself into that hole that happened 30 years ago when State got way too much into transfers, and it paid up with some really bad seasons when you're having to just restock the entire roster there. So it's really key to hold this class together, but it's more key to get the right man in charge, and I do believe Mississippi State has done that because once they got on campus and saw what he could do three seasons ago, they knew this was a guy to keep an eye on for the future. Well, now his future is with Mississippi State. There was some thought, of course, not by me, but by some that, well, you can't hire a coach without an athletic director. No, that was never going to be an obstacle anyway because Dr. Mark Keenum, the university president, has to sign off on any athletic director selection already. Therefore, it's not much of a step for the boss to make that final decision on his own with, of course, recommendations from football people. But this also reflects the faith that Dr. Keenum and the university administration, not just the athletic department, has in Arnett. I can also say that I think we'll, uh, the Bulldog Club and the Alumni Association, the MSU Foundation, will like having Arnett because he's going to be a go-getter in all sorts of aspects there. So what's going to happen with the athletic director search now? Well, that got disrupted for quite understandable reasons. Dr. Keenum was supposed to talk to at least three that we know of and possibly more finalists this past week in Atlanta. It didn't happen. And because everybody he's talking to is an active athletic director or administrator these days, rescheduling is not nearly so simple, especially during a holiday time, and especially because of the three we know of, every one of them has a team that's in a bowl game this this coming weeks. So they're busy. But we've used the names before. Of course, Jared Benko, former assistant AD at Mississippi State, 2016 to 2020, hired by Scott Strickland. 
and went to Georgia Southern as athletic director. Well, his team is playing on the 27th, I believe. Yes, it's the 27th in the Camellia Bowl against, um, I forget who they're playing against. Um, interesting there that uh, his first-year head coach, Clay Helton, has got his team in a bowl game already. Let's see, Memphis, uh, which is Laird Veach, is our current athletic director. He is very strongly mentioned as a candidate here at Mississippi State. He has no previous ties to Bulldog country, but other than, of course, he was here this past uh, September when Mississippi State defeated the Tigers. Uh, he's got a team playing in the Hawaii Bowl. And I'm sorry, South Dakota State. <laughs> Am I, man, I've got to read my notes a little better. Okay, Memphis is playing on the 27th in the Dallas Serve Pro Bowl. Oh, I hate using all these sponsorship names. And then the third candidate we know of, John David Wicker, 1992 Mississippi State alumnus, but all almost all his experience has been out on the West Coast. Now he's at San Diego State, by the way. He was there two years while uh, Zach Arnett was on the San Diego State staff. Well, his Aztec team with Brady Hoke as his coach, they're playing in the Hawaii Bowl. And that's um, th- the three we know of. So they're very busy men at this point. Uh, Mississippi State's also got to reschedule because Dr. Keenum is hugely busy this time of year. Remember, I know sometimes we forget the fact that uh, university business can often take precedence over athletics business. But Dr. Keenum is going to reschedule. It may be January now before an athletic director is placed. But this hiring of Zach Garnett I think it would have happened even if there was an athletic director in place. I, I cannot imagine that any new AD would walk in and say, no, I'm not going to consider this guy. I want to, quote, bring in my own guy. Because I just think they have that much faith in Zach Arnett. They would have seen immediately he's the right guy, the right time, and the right place, and the right team for this matchup. So I do not think that would have impacted the decision at all. And as it turns out, not having an AD didn't impact the decision either way. So... Fortunately for Mississippi State, they have a strong support staff, the athletic department staff with Bracky Brett now, the AD. And by the way, he's an old coach himself, so he and Arnett can certainly work off the same page there with guys like Bo Hemphill, Mike Ritchie, Brett Hobart, and others taking care of business. This operation is proceeding along just fine. We need the athletic director to start the new year. But Mississippi State is going to be doing just fine as they take care of bowl preparations. We understand ticket allotment for the campus has gone well. Of course, now the market is going to be flooded with secondary uh, chances to buy tickets. We keep hearing on our message boards, at least, that uh, now with the changing coaches, a lot of fans decide, hey, I think I'll go to Tampa after all. (laughs) As if the chance to see some sunshine down there for a few days around New Year's wasn't good enough. Well, Now you get to see the first game coached by your new head football coach and get an idea of what he's going to do with the team. But the real test, of course, is going to come in spring when we see how the new revised staff, who's going to be in charge of the offense, what does it mean for Will Rogers, the running backs, the receivers, what's going to change, what doesn't change, maybe even more to the point, what will not change that was left behind by Coach Leach. I certainly don't think the defensive system is going to change much. So... I just feel confident about that, but I really want to see how the staff is put together. The state obviously has a slightly larger pool of money to play with for the coaching staff because Mike Leach was going to be making $5.5 million. Now you automatically there's two and a half available to pump into the coaching staff if you so choose or invest in elsewhere or more so perhaps invest in adding personnel in the recruiting office, in the player 
management offices there because that's where the game is headed. You're still only allowed so many coaches on a sideline, so many analysts, and so many quality control people. The future is in adding recruiting staff, something that Mike Leach had the option to do. He just chose not to, and Mississippi State was not going to make him do it. It's a false narrative out there that John Cohen was not going to subsidize more recruiting coaches. No, it was up to the football office to decide how they wanted to spend the money. Just the same as it was up to Mike Leach to decide, did he want to emphasize an indoor practice facility? He didn't because he rarely saw the need for it. He would use it. He just didn't see the need for it at the time. He would prefer, and in fact got it, a renovation at a million dollars of the dining hall for the Bulldogs. And let me tell you, folks, a dining hall can matter more to a player than a practice facility. Just take it from me, having watched many teams over many years, getting a good meal in a nice little location, that can do more to keep a player's attitude positive than whatever happens as far as you know being able to practice out of the weather. Just trust me on that one. Still, whenever the new AD comes in, he'll inherit the ongoing renovation of the Coliseum. That's on track. Nothing need to be done there. But then some of the priorities will be do we go after an indoor practice facility? Does my coach want more recruiting staff on there? Where will the money go? Where will the space be found? Because the SEAL building is already busting at the seams, perhaps the IPF, if one is built, could be not just a practice facility, but an office facility as well. Those are things to be weighed out. John Cohen and I had many talks about it, and he was well aware of this and was willing to go down those trails if the head coach wanted. He chose other things. The coach, I mean. Now, Let's see what Zach Arnett wants to do, because he'll have his own wish list, and you're darn right that's one of the things I want to talk with him come spring. Now is not the time. Again, our first chance to speak with him will probably, unless something changes between now and then, I've spoken with media relations about it, probably be Wednesday on signing day. How much will we be at the signing class, and how much will we be about him taking over as coach and his plans there? That's a lot to put on his plate, but, uh, you know, in irony, Arnett stood in for Leach at the Reply Quest Bowl press conference a week ago. It turns out, of course, that Leach was, yes, he was recruiting, but he was also seeing a specialist out in the Texas area as well. And Arnett took care of that. He even smiled for the camera. So I think now, I wonder if he'll be smiling under the circumstances, but inside, I think most of us Bulldogs, in all the tragedy that the program, the college, just playing college football for endured. Mike Leach would want us to be smiling in memory of what he was, what he did, and what he left behind, and smiling towards the future of what the guys he helped train, helped develop, and brought to Mississippi State can do with this program as well. Wow, where did this half hour go? Well, that's as much as I care to say at this point, other than I'll be at basketball tomorrow. The undefeated Bulldogs of Chris Jans are playing a final home game ahead of SEC season. 10-0, uh, one of the handful of remaining undefeated teams in the country. Uh, kind of an ugly win the other night against Jackson State. I intended to be there, but for obvious reasons could not make it. Now I get to see him in person again. And basketball will be cranking up. But the big news, of course, is we're building up to Wednesday to National Signing Day, Bulldogs putting together a solid class. Let's see what kind of tweaks can be done to it here at the last moment with the new change in command. And, of course, bowl camp getting underway. We'll be reporting full as much as we're allowed to. And then I think we all really, really, really 
need a Christmas break, including here in the doghouse, brought to you on the Believe Podcast Network by Bet Online, where the game starts. And if you're liking what you're hearing, just give us a rating on Apple Podcast. How about it? So we can keep producing content for you guys and gals out there. This is your host, David Murray. Thank you for tuning in. I thank you also for all who have uh, direct messaged or gone on social media to commiserate with Mississippi State and our staff here at Gene's Page as well about losing a friend and a coach. We appreciate it, but your loss is great too. All our loss is great. But Bulldogs and football go on. So let's honor him the best way possible. Go Dogs, Hail State, and we'll be talking to you again here in the Doghouse on the Believe Podcast Network. This is your host, David Murray. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.